My name is Paul McAnallan. Thanks for joining me. Um, this podcast today is a conversation with um, Astra McNichol, who, along with her husband, Al, uh, is the partner and co-founder of a creative business um, here in the north called Itty Bitty Book Company. Um, they publish, uh, create, and design lots of um, gift products and little books, uh, cards, um, and trade online and in, in a selected number of retail outlets across Ireland as well as in St George's Market. So the conversation is with Astra who um, gives you a little bit of an idea of why the business was set up in the first place, what motivates um, them to do what they do. And she talks a lot about um, you know, the idea of positivity and uh, how important that is, especially uh, in the lives of young children um, today. Um, so listen, without further ado, let me introduce um, Astra and I hope you enjoy the conversation. So Astra, I thank you very much for inviting me into your studio. I, it's about half four on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Tuesday. Usual story is for you to um, if you tell me a little bit about your business and, and yourself and we can start off from there. Perfect. Um, thanks, for, thanks for coming. Um, my name's Astra McNichol and I'm the co-owner of Itty Bitty Book Co. We're a design and craft company focused on promoting positive thinking. Um, my husband, he's the designer and he designs a range of quotes and positive messages and then they're put into little miniature handmade books and we also sell prints of our quotes and cards and our new range is our Irish linen wall banners which are all screen printed here in our studio. So um, you also... A, you're, uh, you have a place down in St George's Market mm-hmm. as well. Yes, we sell, um, we sell there every weekend on Saturday and Sunday and, um, and it's a great place to come down and meet us and see our full range of products. And we've been trading there since the business started actually in 2014. Okay, so again, probably a logical question to follow on from that. What brought you into this business? Um, it sort of started off as, as a bit of a hobby idea. Um, my sister was about to go off traveling around the world and I wanted to make her a present that she could take with her. And she was going to travel on a boat, a small sailboat. So the gift had to be really small. And, um, and she always tells me that the thing she loves most about my personality was how positive I am. So I decided to put together a small collection of my favorite quotes. Um, as a present and that's how the first positivity book was started and then I got great feedback from that and and she suggested that I make them to sell so I just took it from there. And w- when did you know that it was um, like a sustainable business idea because there's a lot of people um, some would be listening who would think that um, the job they have there's, there's something they've always wanted to do um, they're whether they're stuck in a rut or they're looking to do something else or people who've been made redundant and have got redundancy packages don't know what to do when when do you know that it's actually a really sustainable business idea um well to be honest we, we didn't really actually know that before we went into it um we sort of went about it in a bit of a different way um I had just had um, our son, Shay Phoenix, and he was a couple of months old at this point. He was three months old, and I'd made the first positivity book, and I really loved the idea of actually creating a business that I was really passionate about. And I just thought, 
promoting positive thinking and putting something that makes people smile out into the world just sounded like the perfect job for me. So I knew I wanted to give it a go. And then with my husband's graphic design skills, I thought, actually, I've got quite a good opportunity here to make a unique product that is going to be good enough to actually sell. And so me and Al had a big chat about it. And within about two weeks of, of really thinking that we wanted to make a business out of this, we both quit our jobs and just put everything into promoting positivity and thinking of different products and, and how we were going to make it work as a business. Um, we're big believers in just in taking risks and just going for it, really. So it's not the normal business startup story, but um, but it worked for us. So just uh, you turned it around and just decided, okay, you couldn't you couldn't sit in two stools. You couldn't do one job subsidizing the other job. So you just had to have a young child. Um, and we talked before we went on air about sort of current going on in, 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 in the political landscape and attitude of people locally. And, and um, it's kind of counterintuitive to just go, right, let's do this. Yeah, it, it is a bit counterintuitive, but I think, I don't know if it was the, the crazy mum hormones after just having a baby <laughs> or, what the, or what the deal was, but um, it didn't really seem like a huge risk for us at that, at that point in time because... For us, the way we looked at it, whenever you have a child, your whole world turns upside down anyway. So we realized that we actually wanted to make sure we were creating a life that we were proud of and that we wanted him to grow up around and, and just to sort of inspi inspire him growing up too because everybody says that kids do what you do more often than they do what you say. And I wanted to make sure that he grew up seeing that, that you don't actually have to stay doing the same job or doing something that you don't enjoy your whole life. We're extremely privileged, I feel, to live in a society where we have an amazing safety net and at that point we didn't own our own home so that wasn't um, a risk factor for us losing our home um, so we'd never encourage anybody else to necessarily take the exact same route that we took but whenever you weigh everything up the the biggest risk for us was was actually staying in jobs that we weren't happy in and and just feeling like we weren't living our life and and reaching our potential really yeah um i can't remember who was the author of the quote i read it recently where somebody had said there are those people who um, run uh, towards what they want and there are those people, the first thing they see is the obstacle to getting what they want. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. absolutely. Every time, um, every time somebody asks me how, they, how I started this business, if it's something that they've, they've thought of before, they'll often immediately jump into why they couldn't do it. And, um, and I'm, I'm always a bit caught off guard because, I would, like I said, I would never encourage anybody else. It's obviously up to the person if they feel it's the right, the right choice. But I think a lot of people immediately get defensive because that is their mentality. That is their way of thinking. If we had have sat down and thought, what are the reasons that we shouldn't do this? What are the obstacles we're going to come up against? What are the risks? We would have looked at it all and we would never have taken that, that first step. But when it's something that we're really passionate about and we knew that we would be really happy if we could make a life where we were promoting positive thinking, then then the risk is it, sort of taken away from it for us. It was it wasn't such a difficult it wasn't such a difficult decision and we knew that if we were passionate about it then we would be able to overcome any of the obstacles as as we went along. So how how old is the business now? So the business is four years old now. Alright, so four years old and if you were looking back to you four years ago, what advice what what mistakes did you make that you're prepared to admit? <laughs> Two. I'll admit to all my mistakes. I'm not um yeah, I'm not afraid to admit to mistakes at all. I would the biggest thing that I would say is that early on in business, because I hadn't owned a, a business before and I hadn't run a business before, I had no managerial experience 
I have no experience of working with other people, managing other people. Um, when we started the business, I know a lot of my personal problems was by trying to do everything all at the same time. And I think that's something a lot of people will relate to. You think, I can't afford to pay someone else to do this. I have to do this. And I ended up wasting a lot of time, spend a lot of time trying to learn things or trying to figure things out and doing things not in a very smart way. So that would be the biggest that was a, a big thing for me to go through the last couple of years and I've, I've got better and better at that and better at prioritizing what I'm doing and actually having a really, really clear focus of the business and then not being distracted and pulled away by things that, that are not really so relevant to the business's mission. And did, did you go straight to um, trading online or did you go to market stalls and selling to your friends and family and everything first? What was, what was that big jump that you made? So we started off, um, I opened an Etsy store, which is more of an American marketplace that um, is a curated selection, just handmade and vintage items. Um, so I didn't have to set up my own website or anything. So I went to Etsy first and we still have an Etsy store, which, which is very good for us. Um, so I started that first and then it was about a month after setting up the Etsy store and I hadn't sold anything online at that point. Then somebody told us about St. George's Market and then we headed straight down there the next weekend um, as casual traders. Now, the way St. George's still works is that you can um, you can turn up for a casual pitch if you don't have access to a permanent stall there. And it means that you turn up before everybody else and you stand and you wait. And then you wait and see all, if all the permanent traders have turned up. And then if they haven't, then the stalls are allocated on a point system. So at the start of the business, that was... Um, that was quite a difficult time for us because we were going along with our like four and five month old baby as well and you had to get up at like six in the morning if you'd had any sleep and then drive all the way in and then a lot of the time you wouldn't get a stall because all the permanent traders would turn up and then you'd go home again. So that was one of the things that we were really glad that we pushed through and we persevered with because every time you go you get a point. And then the point system means that after a while you're more often allocated a stall and St George's Market has really been... A fantastic um, sort of like a grounding rock kind of for our business because we've been there every weekend since the business started and we've been able to um, make a lot of contacts and a lot of connections there with other traders and speak to other small business owners and that's taught us a lot over the years and just getting to meet our customers face to face and get face to face feedback um, has helped us really streamline what we sell and also helped us with product development because we get to chat to the customers and ask them what they want and we can see which types of quotes people are loving or people give us really honest feedback at the market as well. So so you have um, the market in St George's Market, which incidentally, for those of you who are listening who don't know, it's really worth a visit um, regardless of the time of the year. There's some times where it's really busy. Um, there are other times a you can you can just walk around at your leisure, but I think some of the uh, crafts we talked about this earlier again that the art and craft and the the the, the offering the stuff that's there it's just really well organised. It won an award last year. For... It did in two thousand fourteen. It won UK's best indoor market. Okay. And then just recently, I think it was just a few weeks ago. Now we also won UK's best destination market. So a lot of local people have never been to St George's Market, and I would always encourage people to go down. Um. Like you said, there's an amazing array of local talent there and businesses showcasing everything from art to crafts to jewellery, food. It's just, um, it's a really, it's a really great place. And it's open on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, so you were there and 
uh, when when did you decide to uh, go online properly? I think you know one of the things that I would notice. First of all, your website's really good. I think your website is. It's one of those things where perception is reality and the perception that you get when you run your website is is a real credit to you because it does exude um, professionalism, it's quality, and it just says that you know what you're doing and you're not going to, you know, you're trying to establish trust with people where people aren't involved. It's very difficult and I think you establish that trust very quickly through the content and, and, and everything else. Um, and then you've got all these other social media channels, you, you know, it's it's the perfect time for you to be doing this, right? Because you've got all those platforms that celebrate what you're doing. Yes, yeah, it, the online side of it has been always really, really exciting to us. I used to personally, I had a personal blog before I started this business and I really found that that probably helped me to come across very genuine online and that people often say that, like you said, that it comes across sort of authentic and I think that's probably from my personal blogging days that I, I can sort of write how, how I speak and, um, and my personality can come across, which has been great for people to see, the, you can get to know the people behind the business. Um, our website has, it. we launched that properly only in November of 2015 so that will have okay. been actually a recent development from St George's Market Stall and our Etsy shop was really how we started and then after the first year of trading we branched out to approaching local um, gift shops in Northern Ireland and um, just walking in and saying hi and showing our products and, and that's how that started so we supplied a few gift shops and then we really realized from the interaction we were getting on Facebook and Instagram um, in particular that we, we really needed to put more of a presence online and that's when we started um, building our website and trying to focus on on being able to be found by people who were looking for this type of thing. And you get um, distribution then through other craft and gift shops across Northern Ireland, across the island of Ireland or just... Yes, we, oh, supply, okay. um, we supply around 20 gift shops at the minute in um, the whole island of Ireland and also um, one or two in England as well. So what... what um, Without going into the the, uh, the the exact detail, which of the channels currently represents the greatest opportunity for the business? Um, because you use the word opportunity, I'm gonna say um online, but um. So within sorry within online, so you're looking at you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter, you've got the website, um, you're probably on um, what else is out there? Um, God. Snapchat. But no, uh, we're no? Actually, no, right. we're not big on Snapchat. Why did I say that? I just said it because it was there, right? Okay. <laughs> no, Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, Facebook yeah. and Twitter and Instagram um, are our main are our main networks. Um, it's Facebook is, is probably the biggest driver of website traffic to yeah, us, yeah. Um, and we have played around with Facebook ads to try and meet um, other customers. Um, but as far as uh, retailers, we're very excited this year to be expanding to a lot more retailers and independent gift shops. Um, we're trying to we're contacting at the minute independent gift shops that um, want something that's a bit different and not in their local area so we're very careful to let people have exclusivity to their towns and cities so we're actually at the minute branching out to Scotland and England and places down south where um, there isn't any anybody products yet okay the um the, the couple of words that you've used um, perseverance was one and then we talked again just off air was about um resilience okay so you, you're you're trying to live the life uh, through your products or their your life is influencing some of your products i guess because some mm -hmm. of the motivational quotes are obviously about res resilience and perseverance and mm -hmm. yeah um what who's inspired you then um 
A lot of people, a lot of people has inspired me Pers- personally. Um, I get a lot of inspiration from from my sisters. They they've both gone through quite a lot of, um, different types of hardships in their life and overcome quite amazing things personally. And seeing how they where they draw strength from and where they draw their inspiration from, um, has been very inspiring to me on a personal level. Um, as far as more well-known people. I am a massive fan of Nelson Mandela. I'm not sure if you saw him. We have a huge poster of him downstairs and um, and in the office here as well. And I think people who have managed to go, go, go through something that they would have every reason in the world to be negative and bitter and and just actually just want to give up. And, and they haven't. They found a way to actually bring it back around and focus on, on positivity and of in love and just seeing the good in the world instead of focusing on the bad and it just really personally reminds me that whenever I am having a tough time or something's not go my way basically if if they can do it then I can definitely do it because because I don't have those types of struggles and, and I probably never will so a lot of that is about um uh, having perspective is pretty um important you mentioned um I hadn't heard of this author Sean Acor mm-hmm. um Give me a bit more background on. He's um he's somebody that um that I look up to definitely professionally. He is a positive psychologist and um, and he's where I get a lot of my sort of more scientific based knowledge about positivity and positive thinking and how it can how it can affect your life. Since I started this business, um, I've become more and more interested in the science behind it. When I started it, I didn't really realize that um there was actually such a wealth of scientific evidence base basically saying that positivity is something that you can learn you can learn to become happier it's not something that you're born with um our brains are incredibly um amazing at changing and you can teach your brain how, how to be happier and i really didn't know this when i started the business but i think there's a lot of people <laughs> don't know this right now i could be the other person in this conversation that doesn't know this <laughs> okay a lot of people don't and um and it's actually the more the more I research it and the more I read into it and the more studies that are, are all constantly being done um, are actually proving that that there are simple things that you can do to make yourself happier and to learn to be more positive. Positivity is quite difficult to define, so I sort of shift it back to um, being optimistic and being positive and it's linked into gratitude as well. So one of the things that... Um, that it's one of the best things that you can do if you want to improve your mental health and if you want to notice more of the good things in your life is just to write down three things a day that you're grateful for. It can be so, so simple. It could be a hug from your best friend and a beautiful cup of tea that you had and getting a good night's sleep. It doesn't have to be these big things and after 21 days, um, your brain will actually be trained to notice more good things in your everyday life. And when you notice those more good things, then your brain has a more realistic balance of what's going on in the world. It doesn't think that everything in the world's negative and everything's yeah. bad, which can be really easy to feel with our media and everything that we're... Completely, yeah. I think, I think one, one, just to, uh, to, to try and give some balance to that answer, the way, the way I would know some people that, that I've spoken to about this um, would be very, very cynical. Um, they would be... A fairly certain that this is very woo woo. It's a wee bit too. It's for other people, not for them. Um, and again, we talked before going on air about um mindfulness and and I've in, uh, interviewed um Frank Liddy several times on here, and one of the things that that um you tend to forget if you don't really sit down and think about it 
is that your your um, consumption of media, without checking the veracity of information, even um, you know this whole thing about post truth and alternative facts and stuff. Like, let's not kid ourselves. This has been going on for years. Uh-huh. This is not just the domain of Trump and social media, but it's actually been amplified because just of the sort of with the incredulity with it's just the stuff is just remarkable that he's coming out with but you've got all of these social media streams um i read somewhere that the average person spends over four hours a day on social media maybe more than that that. doesn't surprise me at all and when you think about what percentage of that is negative versus what percentage is positive yeah then your brain can so easily be become can just think that, that that is the reality of our world and yeah. that that's where the danger is it's not about it's not about being closing yourself off to that or not I personally don't watch the news if there's something that I'm interested in I'll research it online on purpose and I think that that's a big difference because people who watch the news um, are actually just getting these constant headlines and really really short information bites which don't give you an overview of the whole picture at all mm-hmm. and it's always really really negative and there's no positive, there's no positive news no. out there. It's very, well, there actually is. That's what I was going to say. There is positive news out there, but it's very difficult to find. Um, and for that reason, we've actually started up a positive news MI Facebook page for people to actually post the positive news stories yeah. that they find out about Northern Ireland. Because especially Northern Ireland, all we hear is, is all the negative stuff and all the terrible things that are happening and how bad our politics are and how bad everything is. And we actually miss the really, really good things that are happening. 100%. The... Um I would switch off. I think, you know, it's the lightest I have switched off um, this last five or six weeks um, on the RHI thing and the debacle that is the ongoing debacle with, with Stormont is just car crash TV. And it's unfortunate that you just, you're not watching it for the right reasons. You're not watching it to be inspired. You're just watching it to see what next chapter of buffoonery comes out. Um, picking up one of the papers, I think it was, um, I'm not going to mention the paper, it doesn't really matter, but in the first 18 pages, there were 21 headlines of negativity ranging from suicide from, and I've t- kept the headlines, so I'm not just making this up, suicide, animal theft, a breaking and entering with a elderly victims getting um, bludgeoned, etc., etc. And that was in the first uh, 21 pages. And um, newspapers wonder why we've kind of um, started to ignore them and move on to other things. There's a responsibility from media to not make the output just so... Um, not just negative, but um, spun in such a way to make it even worse. It's sensationalised. That's all it is, yeah. That, that, that is what they do. They, they have a story which is bad enough, and then they try and put the most shocking headline to it that they can. And that's, I do, I do think it's really irresponsible. And um, But I think it's, we're empowered though. We, we can choose to switch off to that, and we can choose to not read those, those newspapers, and we can choose to source a more balanced media for ourselves. And they are out there. You, you just you have to look for them, but but they're there, and they're definitely worth finding out about. Unfortunately, there are those people who all they see is they believe everything. Um, all they see is the truth, um, regardless of what it is, and that's that's another thing you'd mentioned before. Again, we we had a fairly uh, deep discussion with um, yourself and Al beforehand, talking about um, your work and with children and the the responsibility that that you kind of feel that we should have to people of a certain age. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure, and um, that's something that I'm I'm hoping to work more on in the coming years. And um, I've started to do a bit of work through Young Enterprise, and then also offering my own workshops, um, to school groups and girls groups mostly, and um, and it's been really fascinating. Um, 
I've done a lot of research on it and for me I think it's really really important that we we get to young kids and we teach them some coping mechanisms and some really simple strategies to help them keep on top of their mental health and these are not these are not really complicated things they're really simple things like um about looking at stuff and and seeing the truth behind it and with social media and the way people are portrayed online and through social media and through the news and billboards and advertising and especially for our young girls to to really let them see the truth behind it um there's some really simple things you can watch on youtube where they have regular normal looking women and then they have them done up and then photoshopped and and all the lighting and makeup and everything and it just get, just lets them see that what you're seeing online and what you're seeing in the advertising that's not it's not reality and for them to actually see that can be very powerful because when you're looking at that as a young woman thinking that those people are real and that's what they actually look like then you have this completely unrealistic expectation of, of what you should look like and it's not just about looks either it's about your whole life and the way social media allows us to just put the little best snippets and the most fun snippets and I'm sure everybody has seen that group of people who are sitting around a table all on their phones snapchatting and putting pictures on Instagram of what a great time they're having and they're not actually having a great time no. they're just trying to work really really hard to make it look like they're having a great time but then when you don't realize that you think that everyone else is having a better time than you and a better life than you and a more tidy home than you and you're a better parent than you and on all of these things it's it's about just showing young people the the reality of it, I think, is, is really, really important. And it's I don't think it's difficult to do. It just takes a bit of time and um, and a fun way to engage engage with the kids. I think that um, yeah, you, you, it's it's almost making light of not that you're not that you're making light, but you're just skimming over a really, really deep subject that that you know you kind of wonder would you really want to be growing up at all in today's society where there's so much pressure to for this perfection this idea of perfection that's been mm. propagated by by brands by by media owners and the pressure must be just unbelievable on Absolutely. young young children you know and we're seeing and we're seeing that in our mental health statistics as well it's it, it's all coming out and it's up to us as the people who cause this really because we're the age group that are providing all the advertising and, and that we're not giving the children the support it's up to us to do what we can and it's not just companies and businesses it's it's everybody really anybody can can sit down with their six or seven year old child and just have a little chat and just go on youtube and be like hey check this out did you know that did you know this um and all those little things they really do make an impact on, on young kids and they can really help i think the the idea that there's some kind of um some kind of I apologize for that when I when I finish the sentences. The idea that there's authenticity behind what you do is really refreshing because it's all too easy to um, you know, Instagram in particular is awash with quotes and motivational quotes. Um, there's a friend of mine who who has keeps a book every morning and writes a quote or has a book full of quotes that inspire him. He has gone on to do some uh, and, and is doing incredible things as a as a victim of. Um, Sorry, it's wrong again. It hit me to say it. As a sufferer of MS, who's doing triathlons and Ironmans and has changed his diet to fully vegan. And he, 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 yeah, you know, he's living the life, walking the walk and talking the talk. And it's really nice that there's the, the authenticity comes across from both yourself and Al that these things are not just a, it's not an enterprise to make money. It's there's a sincerity behind this attitude shift for away from can't do to can do, should do, must do. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and as a business, we, we've really been very aware of that right from the start. It's not something that we've just started now in our fourth year of business once we became established. Um, an example is our three books, our itty bitty books, our main product. And one of the books is the Book of Strength. And that is a particularly, um, it's a more gentle, more soothing book. It's for people going through a hard time. And that book was created whenever um, Alan's sister and her husband, um, their son died. And we wanted to give them something that would maybe provide a bit of comfort and that wasn't so in your face as smile, be happy, everything's going to be okay, because that, that's not the reality of life. And um, and we decided that with that book for the first three years, 100% of our profits would be donated to charity from that book. And that was right from that was right from day one. And um, we, man we managed to do that. And it was really difficult. But I wanted to do that because everybody think a lot of people think that they have to, oh, I will do that when yeah. I get more successful or when, when I have more money I'll donate to charity or when I have more time then I'll volunteer and and your brain will just it will just put success beyond the next the next goalpost and you may never get there or you may wait until you're 50 years old and then realize actually I could have been volunteering um, an hour a week or I could have been donating 10% of my profits the whole time it doesn't once you make the decision um, it doesn't make too much of an, a difference to your business but it makes a big difference with regards to authenticity and being, um, like you said, trying to walk walk the walk right from the beginning and, and we're going to try and carry on doing that. A lot of businesses have been around for longer than you guys and, and they will maybe um, plaster their website with CSR strategies. We talked earlier, I talked earlier about Marks and Spencers. I don't mind saying it because the more you need to vocalize these things is probably better that other people are aware of it but if you go into they've changed it now they've graded down the walls but in the belfast store it said plan a because there's no plan b they went through this um sustainability um drive and one of the sentences that was up until maybe i think before christmas was um to reduce their carbon emissions by x y and z um by the year 2015 i think it was and that was still on the wall 14 months after the sell-by date none of their food would be like that you know if their food is the second out of date it's off the shelf and it's probably you struggle to give it to the homeless because there's uh, litigation issues and everything else but marks and spencer do give their food to the homeless i know for a fact um mm -hmm. so they're, they're good guys but this message was on the wall which is ultimately their corporate brand message and it was out of date by 12 months and they just let it go and I think that, you know, good, successful businesses can only survive and thrive um, through authenticity. Another thing I'd noticed on your website was the sustainability is massive for you because you're obviously consuming a lot of paper-based products, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, what's the what's the crack with the sustainability thing? Because it's not the crack with sustainability because it's something <laughs> you're definitely very yeah. passionate about. It's, um, it's something that um, could seem a bit counterintuitive, like how can a print business be good for the environment and stuff so we're very aware that and that our business does have an environmental impact and we really try and minimize that where possible some of the steps that we have taken to reduce our negative environmental impact is um just smaller things like for example all our electricity is through airtricity it's a renewable electricity supplier and um, our packaging is 100 percent recycled material and we make sure to buy that from companies within the uk and all of our products that we make come from either materials that we can buy right here in Northern Ireland. So, for example, our Irish linen wall banners. The Irish linen comes straight from Dungiven Flax Mill. And, um, and 
when you're doing when you're doing things like that, there's always the the business side of it. That thinks, oh, that's so much more expensive, or that's I could get it cheaper if I just imported X, Y, and Z from China, or if I just bought from that supplier that I haven't taken the time to actually speak to them and make sure I know exactly where do your beads come from. You might be a UK supplier, but I want to make sure that these beads don't come from factories in Asia that you cannot guarantee that they. I treat their employees fairly and that was something that was a big stumbling block for me. It took a long time for me to find suppliers that um, could actually trace their beads right back to the factory and prove that they treated their employees and their workers fairly. Um, so keeping that and, and just not being, just don't let yourself waver on it. Once you've decided that that's it, we want to be an ethical business and we want to be as good for the environment as we can, then it's just not an option. So when I go online to buy paper to print invoices on, it has to be the highest quality recycled paper. And even though it is more expensive, it's just not an option. I take that option away from myself so that there isn't ever any, um, it's so that I don't waver because I'm yeah. sure it would be, it, it can be tempting whenever it, things are tight and things look too expensive and your, your margins are coming close, but... Um, but it's running. It's the difference between again it goes back to the authenticity thing. I, I bought Naomi Klein's No Logo, um, book when it first came out, and this is probably, um, goodness, nineteen ninety five ninety six, and she's written um the, um the shock No Shock Doctrine or the Shock Doctrine. I have I bought it and haven't read it, but she um was all about Nike and um she opened her eyes probably. Um, wider than anybody else has done about the sweatshops in Thailand, Malaysia and, and Nike and Adidas and all these big brands. Gap, I think, were involved as well. And most recently, whenever Trump got elected, she was writing a piece in The Intercept, I think it is, as a website. It's, a, it's like a blog and a, a um, probably a little bit a little bit left thinking. And she was talking about all the things that happened in Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And she said that uh, Mike Pence and all these other guys, these acolytes of Trump, Changed laws and things happened within about two or three weeks, um, that made a commer you know commercial capitalism thrived at the expense of other people. So you talk about doing something over here, uh, you know, because all you're talking you're talking about Naomi Klein on a very very small scale. You're talking yes. about doing the right thing. So when when does the right thing need to be about scale? It doesn't need to be about scale. It needs to be about just doing the right thing. And sometimes you need to be kind of reminded what the right thing looks like. Yes. Definitely, it's um, we are we are trying to scale up our business in terms of um producing more products and supplying more retailers, and we really want to um spread our message as far and wide as as we possibly can, um, and it has it has been a challenge, but um the way we've done it is actually just to to keep the same practices and and to just employ employ local people to come and help us. We have two employees now who help us and. And we're just going to take it slow. We're just going to grow organically. We're not going to do anything that is going to jeopardize um, our ethics and, and make us, we could transfer that to a factory and have that made here at X, Y, and Z, even if it was still technically in the UK. But we feel like, we, we like the way our business has grown so far. And we like, we like the fact that our products, we have personal connection with all of our products and with the people who make help us make them now are all they believe in our mission and they're part of we're a tight-knit team and really quite a family now and um and I just I just wouldn't change that I mean why why would I to make to make more Absolutely. money but the message behind the business is about is about positivity it's about trying yeah. to make people smile and and have a positive impact in the world so I would never do anything to jeopardize that no and I, I just for the people listening I just to get some direction to where everything's happening online it's itty bitty um, book co.com 
That's right. Yes. And then um, Twitter's Eddie at Eddie Betty Bucco, and then you're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And Same. yeah. Um, so we haven't really asked you, it's probably remiss of me. What pro- what's your product range then? So you've got linen banners, linen wall banners. Mm-hmm. So we have um, linen wall banners, which have um, different sayings on it. Um, Happy Place is actually our most popular one, which is very sweet and could go in anybody's little cozy reading corner or, um, or veranda or wherever is your happy place. Um, our original products are three itty bitty books, Positivity, Motivation and Strength, which I mentioned earlier. And, um, and you can buy them individually or they also come in a nice gift box, a set of three. And we also do our full range of cards and motivational prints and um, inspirational prints as well. And they come in sizes up to A3. And um, yeah, so that's, that's our range of products at the minute. We're very excited to be launching in the coming weeks um, gratitude journals which are coming soon um, and then we have one or two other products coming in the next couple of months which um, which I won't give away just okay. yet okay okay um, I'll come back to you on that then um, they know the the gratitude um, journal is something I'd made a note of that um, a lot of the people um, from all angles from whether it's your business gurus whether it's from psychologists coaches whether it's from um, people who are into trying to coach calmness and mindfulness they talk about the importance of writing a journal but also of being grateful mm-hmm. um, most people tend not to see the wood nor the trees just the darkness <laughs> things are bad and actually a small thing of I've noticed that um, in, in sort of sales training and you're training people that they keep on doing the same thing over and over again um, and they don't understand what's going wrong and you can fire all the Einstein quotes at them but they still doesn't matter they're just um, programmed into it and one of the things is that your, your subconscious completely dominates them from the, you can let it dominate from the, the second you wake up mm-hmm. to the second you go to bed um, without challenging it so you'll drive that motorway journey and not know why you've gone past seven junctions and why you're here because that means you've zoned out completely and mm-hmm. it's really about um, looking around you and not you don't have to find, you don't really have to travel too far to find stuff to be grateful for, right? Definitely not, definitely not. And just since you mentioned your um the sales training, there's um Sean Aker actually um talks about it in some of the the more current research that's come out has has really proved that um when you're trying to be productive or when you're trying to do anything or when you're trying to learn something, especially that our brains work so much better when you're in a positive mindset and when you're happy, being happy actually just opens up all of the learning centers in our brain. And they found that whenever you're in a positive mindset, you're about 31% more productive. You're far better at sales. You actually work, your short-term memory works much better. You can access information better. And all of these things add up to just you being able to get more done, feel more productive and, and just really be more successful in life and in your to-do list and, and whatever success means to you. But that that's a big part of it as well. And we're trying to, our new products that we're bringing out, we're trying to really pull in some of that positive psychology and that science that's coming out and bring it into our new products so that they're not just feel-good products that yeah, might make you smile, might make a cute gift. They're actually something that, that you can incorporate into your life that, that might actually make a real actual impact in your your happiness and your own mental health okay so um we're nearly we're just not uh, just not far of 40 minutes into the podcast here so i'm going to ask you to do a little bit of um future gazing um three years from now we're sitting down having the same conversation okay what has happened in between and how great is the company and how great is the business okay three years from now that's that's really exciting three years from now i think 
well, we might not be sitting in the same place, but we'll definitely still be sitting in a studio in a, a workshop where things are still being made and um, and there's a, there's a great team of people around us. Um, I would like to think it's in three years' time that we would have expanded our, our workshops and we will be reaching a lot more young people and that's, that's definitely a focus for me and that our products will be available in a lot more small independent gift shops all over the country and in a lot more countries all over the world. So that's really exciting. That's really exciting for me. Okay. Astrid, thank you very much. It's been really, really, really interesting. Genuinely really interesting. Um, I think it's a business that, um, I, just to... Uh, repeat what I said earlier but it's it's fairly evident that it's an authentic business model for you it's not something you're trying to you can't fake that and you're not faking it at all the website um, is, is is a really good um, online version of what it's like in real life you know um, I wish you all the very best we'll probably keep in touch and come back maybe and have a few other questions not in three years time but again <laughs> um, if anybody wants to get in touch and buy stuff for you typically now then all the guys in the north will be looking to buy Valentine's Day cards. Do you have any of those? We have some really sweet Valentine's gift boxes set up with okay. very personal, very thoughtful gifts that oh. range from a £40 box or a £15 box. So. Okay. And also for Palantines, because Valentine's is also for your best friend. Right, okay. <laughs> All right, okay. So I have to move on from that one. But um, So, right, lads, you know what to do. You've got to um, take a, a trip to ittybittybookco.com um, and fill your boots. Asha, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Paul. It was a pleasure. Mm -hmm.